Welcome back to another episode of Dogs Off the Leash. We are jumping into our guest series, and today, a very special guest in Broughton Green, uh, a buddy of mine. We went, we met actually pretty recently through. You guys remember when I went to the wedding and went to Philadelphia, and then we went to New Jersey. Well, Baker is a mutual friend of ours, and we talked a little bit over, and I guess he overheard that I had a podcast, and he was like, "Let me hop on there." And to be honest, when you reached out to me. Like, I didn't even think that you remembered. So it's nice to have you on, Brian. I appreciate you hopping on with us. No, thanks, Cheeto. I appreciate it, man. Um, no, I, w- I was pretty impressed when I heard that you had the podcast. And, um, you know, believe it or not, this game that we're getting ready to talk about has been on our mind for a really long time. <laughs> so I was like, if you don't have anybody to come on and talk about the balls um, and, and what your listener base can expect from us, I said, I'll be happy to do so. I really appreciate that. And what we really try to do, because, again, you remember Cameron was there. Cameron's a big Vol fan. We're going to have him on a separate show as well. But Mm -hmm. I think it's really good for fans to see what the other side is looking at. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I just want you to tell my fan base, because, again, um, we're kind of new, but we have the mutual friend, just how you how you come into the Vol fandom, like your your role there and then kind of what the talk is in Vol Nation right now. Sure, sure. So I uh, grew up in East Tennessee, a um, small town called Maryville, Tennessee, about 15 minutes outside of Knoxville right. Stadium. Nice. So, um, I mean, I was just in it. My family's always been in it. I'm one of the only people in my family to ever play football. So football Saturdays, were for me, were pretty sacred. And, yeah. and living through the orange and white, and honestly, the years that I – I knew Tennessee had a football team and was old enough to remember were our glory years. Mm -hmm. I mean, you think about, uh, you know, 1995 and Peyton Manning coming in as a freshman and winning the national championship in 98 and Philip Fulmer and all those years. So that's what I grew up. That's what shaped me as a Vol fan. So that's why I'm so passionate about it because we were so good. We were the talk of college football for a long time, but uh, the past 15 years has really just not been what we are used to. Um, And I can tell you right now that our fans are honestly, we're honestly shell-shocked by what is happening. And how quickly, Um, I think, to be fair. Extremely how quickly. You know, if you really think about it, if you go back, not only have we had four coaching hires since Philip Fuller was originally hired, um, we have lost – we lost, I believe, the last number I heard was almost 35 players to the transfer portal between Butch Jones and Jeremy Pruitt mm-hmm. in 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they were all starters. Uh, it crushed our depth. Our recruiting trail went cold. Uh, we just have had zero expectations from this program for so long that even some of us, uh, when Josh Heupel was hired, I mean, we kind of knew the UCF and coming out of the Art Bryles offense, the, uh, you know, like the run and shoot to spread them out um, Mm -hmm. offense. We, you know, we thought, well, that's something that might work out there in the West or for from UCF and the division they play in, but that's never going to work in the SEC. Right, right, right. So, you know, what what are we going after here? And I can tell you that every single person um, would give their life for Josh Heupel right now that is a ball fan. So it has been good. Um, for us, again, we are still shocked by what's happening. I think so many times this year as we go into games, I mean, you talk about the pit game when we were, were there. I mean, I was I was scared of what was going to happen. We, mm-hmm. just, we just don't play well in big games. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what we had. You know, we've got a few guys that are 
have all the talent in the world, but they have not shown up. And whatever has happened this offseason, it has flipped a switch. Hendon Hooker has become the leader that he has had to be all throughout this offseason. I mean, everything starts and stops with what Hendon Hooker do, does with the ball in his hands. Um, guys like Jalen Hyatt, I mean, coming out. Jalen Hyatt. Killing it highly, right now. <laughs> killing it. You know, he, he, he was a highly touted recruit, all mm-hmm. kinds of speed, but his first two years at Tennessee, I mean, were extremely lackluster. Yep. Had difficulty catching the ball. Um, you know, obviously Jeremy Pruitt didn't use him in anything but uh, a screen game pretty much. So him coming out this year has just been crazy because our our number one guy was Cedric Tillman walking mm-hmm. into the. We said we said that that will be our number one guy, and he's going to lead us to the promised land. And here, you know, Cedric gets hurt, misses four games, and Jalen Hyatt puts five touchdowns steps on steps right in, steps right in like he is the number one and has been. Like it's crazy. Yeah, exactly. He just stepped right in, and and uh, big Cedric he he made his comeback last week against Kentucky. And I, I think it showed you against Kentucky when we have Jalen Hyatt, Cedric Tillman, Ramel Keaton, and Brew McCoy on the field at the same time, it's really tough to defend. It is. And McCoy, in his own respect, is, you know, was pretty highly recruited or touted as a recruit, from what I hear from Tennessee fans. So, absolutely. I mean, he was a great pickup via the transfer portal okay. from transfer. USC. Gotcha. So he was a, he came in and, he was kind of going to be that guy that was right behind Cedric. He's a guy with a lot of experience. He's a big bodied wide receiver, a lot like Cedric is. Um, and we said, okay, well, there's our number two. And then this year we find out, okay, we've got two number ones and number two <laughs> yeah, and a number yeah. three. So it's a great problem to have. I ain't going to lie to you. It is. It, it really is. Things are crazy here, Cheeto. A lot of all fans, we don't know how to react. Again, I think a lot, I think a lot of us want to be confident, especially about this game this weekend, sure, but it has sure. been so long since we have walked into a big game and produced, I mean, there were grown men, grown men crying at the end of the Alabama game yeah, because it hasn't happened. To yeah. That's a, that's a big game. And and what I want to, so obviously with the college football playoff, it's different from the coaches, Paul, different from the AP, but to be honest with you, we've talked about it in our other podcast we did today. It's the only poll that matters right now. So whether you think it Tennessee is. should be one, two, three, that's where they're at. And if you're honest with yourself, the resume is one of the best, if not the best. You can you can argue about the Alabama game and the penalties and the missed field goal and having Florida at home and Kentucky at home, but you play who you play and you beat who you beat. And I think Tennessee has a real case right now, today, to have the best resume. So I have no problem with them being there, but I think it also puts a target on your back a little bit. It's been a while since it's been this exciting. And, you know, as a fan base, uh-huh. I remember when Georgia was blowing up, we were all kind of like, when's the other shoe going to drop? So for you, like, with the excitement right now, where are you at? And um, do you feel like this is a good spot or deservedly number one ranked? How do, how do you feel about that overall? You could not have put it any better than I constantly think, when is the other shoe going to drop? When When is it that we have our yeah. off game? Because we it was kind of an off game for us. For, it was close. For what that team is. It mm. was a very close game. We did not come out ready to play. Hendon had a very bad first half. But I, in the back of my mind, I just keep thinking, okay, when's the game where we have four or five turnovers? We have all the penalties. So, yeah, that's always in the back of our head because we've been conditioned to think that way from mm-hmm. past coaches. But mm-hmm. 
what I can tell you is, is that every game I expect, you know, I, I say, okay, well, our defense isn't very good. We're going to give up a lot of points here. They've gotten consistently better. Every yeah, game. that Kentucky game impressed me so it, much. Yeah. You so see much. Kentucky, even though Kentucky moved the ball, once you get inside that, that red zone, that 20 yard box, mm -hmm. we tighten up and, um, and, and we, we started taking care of business. And then it seems like when our defense gets into the flow of the game, they tend to react better and are, are more precise with their mm -hmm. calls, their pressures and everything like that. At, at the first part of the game, it's almost like they're trying to find their way right. and how they're going to cover, um, you know, certain personnel and, and things like that. But uh, yeah, so we're super excited here. You talking about the polls. Listen, I think the CFP poll is right, but I don't want everybody to freak out because it's the first poll. It's the first there, poll. It's, it's never there, how it finishes. It matters, but it doesn't. It matter, doesn't matter you know today. I mean. It doesn't. It doesn't matter, matter today. today. Yeah. It does not matter today. It is great. Everybody on Rocky Top watching that that show last night, you know, was was hooting and hollering about mm. being number one team in the country. And that's just gonna be us. We're gonna be insufferable as long as we're still <laughs> we're still good. Um I but I, I think you're correct. I think our resume, um, and you brought up a couple of good points. Yes, we had Florida at home. We had Bama at home. Uh, you know, Pitt was a highly ranked team mm -hmm. when we when we played them, but it's not our fault that they weren't. As that good they've as not been they yeah, exactly. And the verse for Georgia, Oregon wasn't it, thought it, of highly, but now they look better. So that's the nature of the beast. Exactly. Well, well, Oregon was ranked a little higher, but they weren't for ready sure. to play like Georgia was. For ready sure, to play for sure. For you sure. guys smoked them, and, and I think you would do it again tomorrow. I think when they get away from this SEC and they're playing out there in the Pac-12 or whatever they're mm. doing, they tend to always look better at the end <laughs> yeah. of the season, it's a you thing. know, and get higher rated. But you know, unfortunately for you guys, is normally when you guys guys with Florida, Florida's usually a pretty good team, still has that high ranking, and it would feed into your resume. Yes. But, we got the we got the bite at that apple first this year. Absolutely, um, and, absolutely. You know, hey, Kentucky really knocked them off first before they even got to us. Mm. Uh, but listen, no matter what, if 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 the AP and everyone else is saying this is a top twenty five team and you're going into that game, you don't know any differently, right? So your preparation, everything that goes into it, you feel like you're playing a top game. As you Regardless should. Regardless of how the year finishes out, as you that's should. That's what we thought we were walking into, and we've done extremely well with that. I think I think we deserve the number one spot in this poll because of our resume. I do but too. Hey, you understand that Saturday changes everything. Saturday changes everything, and I'm glad that you brought that up because the the next scenario that's coming out now is is okay. Tennessee's beat Alabama. What it what if Tennessee beats Georgia and or who goes to the SEC championship for the East and then loses or wins to Alabama? Do you think that there is a world or is there there is a scenario to where if Bama wins out? wins the SEC West, I guess they would have to win the SEC championship. And right. essentially what I'm trying to say is Alabama, Tennessee, and Georgia all being in the playoff. Obviously other things have to happen, but how yeah. realistic could that be at this point? Uh, I think it's incredibly realistic. And, and here's the reason why. Because the college football playoff committee – has to look at the body of work that these teams have done, right? Mm -hmm. It's not just about where you sit in the polls. They have to look at the body of work, right? Uh, Ohio State and Michigan are going to pick each other off. They're going to kill one of them. them. Neither one of them have anything close to the resume of the SEC team. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So whoever beats who in that matchup, they don't have to play anybody in their Big Ten championship. They're going to have Wisconsin or somebody. That they <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. So I think um, an Alabama, a Georgia, and a one-loss Tennessee team with their record um, absolutely would take the place of a one-loss Michigan. 
Um, and I think either one of those teams, whether it be Alabama, Georgia, or Tennessee with one loss, takes the place of a, a 10-0 and Clemson team. I think so. But th- th- there's just no way that you can look at the ACC and tell me that, And justify that, that. that. And justify it. Not in my mind. But I, can they also put out a precedent like, hey, you can still go undefeated and still not make the CFP even though you're a Power 5 school? Yeah, it's well, tricky. Absolutely. They, they can do that, though, because Ohio State made it a couple years ago and never played in the Big Ten championship mm, game. Mm, mm. So I, I really think in the, the CFP, they're going to look at your body of work. They are going to do the eye test on you. And it would do nothing but piss everybody else off in America to have teams. Alabama and yeah. Tennessee in there. But look across the country and the slate and tell me that those aren't the three best teams, three of the best teams in the entire country right If the now. playoff does what it's supposed to do, and at the end of the year, you have one loss, this, this, whatever, in conference championship. If Alabama, Georgia, and Tennessee are the best, or three of the best four teams, put them in. I- I'm sorry Absolutely. that they're in the same conference. I'm sorry that this other team in the pack didn't win out or ACC didn't win out or wasn't strong enough. That's not our problem. Everyone right. plays the schedule that they have, but this committee, I think at the end of the day, they need to focus on the best four teams because that's the reason we even have this. And when they expand it, it'll be the same thing. I don't care if it's yeah. four, eight, six, whatever. The best teams need to play. And if that's what Absolutely. happens, if that's what happens, then so be it. So yeah, I like I, I mean, like that. Think, think about what the purpose of this is. I mean, this this is for viewership. This is yeah. for audience. You've got Alabama and Georgia. We know humongous, great fan bases. Mm. They have great pedigree of a mm. football program. But you've seen game day at Knoxville twice this year. You've seen Nayland Stadium on primetime showings on CBS and and at night games. Uh, the Vols fans are no joke. Oh, yeah. And you want to talk about packing out a stadium and getting millions and millions of people <laughs> yeah. watching that? Yeah. Whether we're one loss or not walking into yeah. that, you have to think about the money side of that, too, yeah. because Clemson's not bringing that, and TCU or whoever finishes out West is that sure as heck is not bringing And that. I think the rest they of the SEC also understands that. It's very it's very similar to how, like, you know, but when we had Mark Rick and we had these average – Average years, 10 and 2, 10 and 3 or whatever. And then when Kirby got here, we start to feel a little bit of a roar. And then we really started to catch on. And then we finally beat Alabama for a title. Tennessee is – people knew that Georgia was a sleeping giant, and then they got woken up. Everyone that's here remembers, even with Florida, Tennessee, like these programs can do it, but they have to have the right things in place. And lo and behold, here's Tennessee just doing what they're supposed to do. And it came a little quicker than most thought, but – um, hey, it's it makes for great football, and we have a huge matchup. Number one, Tennessee, and number three right now in the college football playoffs in Georgia. So there's talk, obviously, about the offense versus defense. Um, but I think the real game is going to be won with Georgia's offense versus Tennessee's defense because we already know what the other side is. So for you, how, what do you see – what do you need for Tennessee to be successful in this game and come out of Athens with a victory? And then at the end of however you feel, give me a score prediction, and we will um, – we will call today and save the rest of the hype for the actual game. Sure. Um, well, you're right. Uh, we know our offense is, is explosive. We know your defense is really good. That's going to be a tremendous matchup. The question marks are our defense and how are we going to hold up on the interior and on the perimeter? And um, and then can your offense – you have two great weapons in Brock Powers and uh, Washington. What's his first name? Uh, Darnell, yeah. Darnell, Darnell Washington, mm-hmm. who we had a big we, – we recruited super hard, Mr. Washington, to come to Tennessee, but, you know, he went to Georgia. But you guys have two incredible weapons there, and we're going to have to manage that. But at the end of the day, we know Georgia's going to move the ball. 
we know that your game is you're going to have sustained drives. What we have to do is keep you all to field goals. You're going to put points on the board. We have to keep you to field goals and not touchdowns. When you guys get to that inside that 30 yard line and yeah. in that red zone, yeah. we've got to tighten up that box and and not let you get across that goal line. Um, and the same thing for you guys. You guys have to stop us from scoring seven points. And honestly, like our kicker's a little shaky. He he made that field goal against Alabama, but he missed two in the Kentucky game. He missed yeah. an extra point yeah. and a 40-yarder. And honestly, I'm a little shaky on him right now. But um, saying all of that, I, I, I think it's going to be a higher score, scoring game. Okay. I don't think it's going to be an old-school slobber knocker. Um, but, you know, I, I think this game is going to end 38-35. to 35. That's that's what I'm going to say as far as um, a score. Now, who has the 38 and who has the 35? <laughs> yeah, that, that I'll, I'll, let you, I'll let you guys figure that out um, on that point. But um, I'm, I'm putting my money on the over. And uh, and I'm, de- I'm going to take Tennessee um, plus eight and a half is the last line that I saw. Even though our mutual friends uh, Baker yeah. and Mr. Pat Pat uh, say <laughs> that the dogs would cover a ten and a half point line, I asked him. I said, "I don't know where you're getting this false sense of security at, but you know, but we'll see." You know. Um, so I, we'll, I've, I've liked the pick so far. I like your pick on, on our podcast. I'll go ahead and admit to you, um, my uh, co-host Keegan. He went thirty-eight, thirty-one. Okay. I. I went a little bit more. I, I don't have a lot of faith in y'all's defense, so I I went forty-two. 27 and i wanted to go off of last year's game because we scored 17 and it kind of got away i don't know if it's going to be the same but that's what i'm going with but Mm -hmm. caveat the turnover battle is going to decide this game i think honestly a thousand percent it could come down to whoever has the ball last because the university of tennessee is plus eight in turnover margin that's like top Mm -hmm. top 20 or something like that we are Mm -hmm. dead even in turnover margin and turn the ball over at florida last week Three times, twice in the third quarter when they went on their third quarter run. So, yeah, if that happens and we give Tennessee's offense that many possessions, my score prediction goes right out the window. So a lot of a lot You're, of variables. Yeah, there's a lot of variables. I, I I said whoever can get two to three more stops on defense, whichever mm-hmm. side of the ball, mm-hmm. that's the team that wins the game. Mm-hmm. That's 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 all it comes down to. We can run up the field with each other all day long, but whose defense? gets two or three stops with no points that ends two or three drives. And that's what, that's, what's going to decide this. And and to credit and last thing before we wrap up, I've, I've heard a lot of comparisons to that 2019 LSU team. And Mm -hmm. let me say this, as much as I, I still remember just getting pummeled by that team and like the nightmares that I have from that team. It's actually a lot closer than I think people realize because that LSU team, while their offense was the most electric, Sands are same as Tennessee. Their defense just made enough plays. The offense was so good that they just made the timely turnover. They weren't stopping anybody, but they made enough plays to come out with W's all season long. And if that's the if that's what's happening here in Tennessee, the rest of college football is going to be put on notice very quickly. Absolutely. Well, I think uh and I'll just say one last thing and I'll let you wrap up, Chito. I think Kirk Herbstreit last night on the CFP selection show made made a great point. He said that Tennessee's offense is so explosive that it seems like our defense sucks. But I think if you look at at our body of work and, and our scores, our defense gives up some points, sure. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, our offense is so much better that the, the scores really, there's gap. I mean, there's a 28-and-a-half point margin on the games that we've won, and we've played five 
top 25 teams this year. So our defense may not be, you know, uh, the old shutout defense that everybody looks for, but they have gotten better week over week. And that gap is increasing on the the points per game that we're finishing ahead of our opponent. So it's going to be a great game, Cheeto. And I thank you so much for letting me come on today and and talk a little bit about the balls. Dude, I appreciate it. Um, Dude. Great job. I, I love the I love the inside. I love just the uh the candid conversation and and honestly, again, having some Tennessee fans, like I, I really wish I y'all could be playing anybody else because I'd be so happy for y'all. But hey, it's it's the SEC East and we're just gonna have to settle on Saturday. So gonna be a great oh, yeah. game. I appreciate your time, Dog Nation. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed. And as always, you know what it is. Dogs.